0: Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, good
1: morning, good afternoon, good day to you like Rosinger's cat. Am I alive or dead? Is it morning, evening, or night where you are? I don't know where it is when I'm here. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. New England's own Van Helsinki. and with me, a man that I admire, my co-host, the gold standard in ghost hunting, the god of infrasound, Mister Steve Parsons.
0: Uh, good afternoon, morning, evening, good day, good riddance.
1: I, I, I knew I'd screw that up, Ro, Roaches, I can never, you know I can't do names. It? What was that cat? Who is it?
0: Well, the cat, Schrodinger's cat's name. Strodinger's, ah, yeah, well, see, I told you. I the cat's name it. was uh, Tiddles. Oh, was it? Yeah. Speaking about
1: Tiddles, uh, we are honored to have on our show a most lovely lady, A a most uh, prestigious person. I'm so happy that she would agree to join us today. She is uh, Dr. Sally Ryan's Feathers, whatever. Uh, Welcome, Sally.
0: (laughs) 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 I've never known him not mess up a guest's name. Uh, (laughs) I I apologize. That's okay. I'll forgive him.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. It really is a pleasure. I mean, I, it was, uh, you know, a shot in the docks so that you would even do the show. So I'm really excited about it.
2: Well, I, I've never had an interview um, by two gentlemen at the same time. So I'm, I'm more interested in how the two of you work together. So maybe I'll turn
1: around and interview you. <laughs> uh, you'll be sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we We couldn't be more... Alike, but more opposite. You think, Steve?
0: Hmm? Um, I, I'll I'll await Sally's um <laughs> <laughs> analysis. Verdict, verdict at the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll yeah. be
1: she'll, she'll, run, she'll run it through the figures. I'll
0: defer to her uh, greater expertise on the subject. Yeah, this is a this is a blind <laughs>
1: study, right? Okay, fine.
0: <laughs> so, Sally, you are the daughter
1: of. JB Ryan which sounds so distinguished and yeah. um and your mama's name was Louise what is it it's pronounced uh, Louise mm-hmm. yeah oh louise you should be yep. wiser, but i'm not but uh you know they are uh you know quite famous people uh yeah yeah daddy uh founded the Ryan uh, research center and uh I, Steve and I were were talking and, uh, you know, what subjects to bring up. And, and we want to know what it was like uh, growing up in, in such a an environment.
2: Uh, oh, OK. Uh, well, I'll just start like this. Um, I was born in 1930, uh, and that was <clears throat> the year that my dad began his Actual testing I mean it years to get to that point, but uh finally he was established at Duke University and uh, with the right and the interest from his professor a main professor to um, he was a young an instructor I guess at that point um to to test the, the subjects the students the college students in the classes that he'd already begun to teach so it was a kind of an ordinary beginning for a young man uh, to do something in research and in psychology as it was and using the same kind of methods that psychologists did. So that was pretty ordinary. It was also the beginning of my mother. They'd been married for 10 years and it was also the beginning time for her to finally get around to having children where they were stable enough to to do that. So I was the second child uh, when I was born and then there were two more within the next uh, five years. Mm-hmm. So she had these four little kids at home and, and, uh, That was her life. She wanted to be at the lab, but you can't do both, you know. And so she was very, very interested and very, you know, much a part of his uh, whatever he did. And then later things she did in the work. So it was a, a pretty normal home for people who have, you know, young kids in that sense. I didn't know being quite little, just what all this important thing was. I knew that people were around the house at a long, as soon as I was old enough to walk and talk, There'd be people on the weekend coming and they'd be young students, mostly. I mean, not old people like I am now, but mm-hmm. college students. Uh, and they were jumping up and down and having a good time. That's hmm. my first memory, practically.
1: <laughs> so um, when did you first aware that your what your father was doing?
2: well, uh I would go again uh to pick him up at Duke or to Duke campus. I would trudge along with my mom and uh while uh and, and see that his office was there and it was very important uh looking and they let me make little paper <laughs> what you did those days for fun was to staple together some papers, So to keep the kids quiet, you know, uh, they let me do that. But everybody else was very serious, nice, pleasant and all that. But I knew I was in an important place. Uh, Now, later on, when I was a little bit older and the two sisters, younger sisters, and we were making a lot of noise, uh, uh, Mrs. McDougall, who was the wife of the famous professor that he was, the British professor that he was, that, supervised it, allowed allowed this thing to be done. And, and my father's big hero. And, uh, and she said to us, girls, girls, uh, you have to be quiet. Don't you know that your dad is doing important work? So that was a reminder. Now, I didn't get that from anybody else. I mean, we weren't allowed to, you know, yell and shout or anything. But it was gradually coming to me from other people that this
1: was Important stuff,
2: and then I we
1: just met interesting people, you know. Okay, so I'm gonna I gotta interrupt for a minute because I want to ask Steve a thingy. Do are you? Uh, do you? Is one of your fellow countrymen, Steve uh, McDougall. Are you aware of him?
0: I am. I am aware of him and his important role in in the development of the in the early days of parapsychology. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, what what's always intrigued me is of course JB your father was um originally a botanist mm-hmm. yes and then he moves over into this um new field of psychology later to become <laughs> parapsychology what did he ever talk about what what spurred that change what that interest
2: oh, yeah. yeah and and i mean i'll try to make it short because it's a long story oh no it's a, it's all right we have an hour <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, he and my mother were both botanists. uh, And, um, you know, and the story of how they got married and all that stuff in itself was part of the story. She was four years older than he was and met him in a country. They were both poor children. I mean, poor, grew up in farm families in rural Ohio. Not at all what you would expect for Mm -hmm. somebody who would end up a friend of McDougal. I mean, that was not the way he grew up, but uh, but they wanted an education and in both of their families, they just, they knew they wanted to get get out and do something better. And my dad wanted to be a minister, a Methodist minister. That was the highest thing that you could be in his little community where he grew up. So he planned to be a minister. Then he got to college and discovered science courses and he, he got confused because he couldn't find a uh, quote evidence for some of the claims of religion, you don't know no one even now might say that too uh his mm-hmm. uh, my mother had already tried to argue with him a little bit because she knew even though she was from a religious Mennonite family she knew when she when they first met they had arguments about the Bible. she knew the Bible was wrong about women's role <laughs> and he <laughs> he didn't he took the, so they were they had different points of view but but when he got to college and lost his religion, he was very upset. That was a big a big deal. So he left. He actually stopped college, went off and joined the Marines. The uh, U.S. Marines. just was right at the end of World War One. Lucky he didn't get overseas. Uh, mm-hmm. But came back and met her again, and they got married. And so he's studying botany, which was he was already had a head start. Science that was going to be their life together, and they were—they loved the outdoors, so this is perfect for for their background, You see, they get a little education on what they already grew up uh-huh. Love it Okay, and if I go on too long, you stop me, but I'll try to make it shorter. No, okay. no, you're doing in
1: fine. Co- you're doing fine. Oh, okay. This is interesting.
2: All right, in college at the University of Chicago, and
1: she was, followed
2: her professor there. That's what this little farm girl had. Was working her way, you know, all along. She worked her way through and did it. She was there at, uh, and they were both there at at the University of Chicago. And uh, they had many interesting speakers. One of them was Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if he was at the university or just in Chicago. But, you know, even then, he was important and for much more than the mystery stories that the public knew him for. Yeah, because he was a. uh, a spiritualist,
0: wasn't he? He certainly he was. Young, he was. He was a strong advocate much, of spiritualism.
2: Very, very much advocate of that. And they were so impressed by him and his uh, uh apparent—I mean, he believed it. You know, it wasn't just a story to him. It was his life. And that, that turned them to start to read the SDR in their library in the University of Chicago. I guess they got him, and they began to read and study the SDR journals. I mean, they really. And my father studies things, things very well. And she would type up the notes or the letters or anything to him. And and by the time they, they were really getting into it more and more, and they thought, well, my goodness, if there's a... And, and then there was a, a story that a professor told to his class uh, of how he had waked up at, uh, a story in which indicated... A psychic story. It was it was quite overwhelming to to my dad sitting in the. It was a prof, botany professor, and he said, "Oh, I, I had this interesting experience. My uh, uh by a family, uh, and he told of how the uh, the wife had come home, and uh, see, I can't remember it exactly, but she knew something was wrong, and she had to get in a carriage and get to where her brother's house was." And she knew something was wrong with him, and up they went up to the hayloft and they found he had just committed suicide. So uh-huh. she had a psychic experience, of which, if it were true, and it certainly shouted like that <laughs> to this man who was telling it, what would that mean? Uh, she knew ahead of time. Uh, so uh, the professor was sorry, it was interesting, but JB thought, well, if this is true, science ought to look into it. So already he was thinking if these things if if what Arthur Conan Doyle was saying is true why can't we get more I mean it was you know it was a society for psychical research but he was wanting to get into it even more um, in this country Uh, so that was the beginning and from then on it uh, they left the left botany altogether and went to uh, well they went to Boston where there was a man named Walter Franklin Prince you would have known him. he was very active or the leader of the American Society for Psychical Research, so you see, they were right there with it. But then they they were very excited about a famous medium, M- Marjorie, oh, and, yeah. they, and this point. turning point. Well, oh, that was terrible. And you'll hear different stories. I have a friend who tells. Who tells us differently? But I've heard this all my life from them, and I've read everything I could get, and I believe my dad's version version of it. I don't. I won't go into the details of that, except to say that he was convinced from as a sci- young scientist, he knew things like a, a little device that was used, and he could see that the um, husband of uh, Marjorie, the medium, had his had her fig- had his finger on on something which would make it a uh, fraudulent. He saw that in several things. So he was convinced. Uh, he was heartbroken and he was convinced. And after that, he he didn't have any much more. where well, the ASPR didn't have much, much more to do with him because he wrote it up. And this made Arthur Conan Doyle so angry. He published um, in the newspaper, J.B. Ryan is an ass, a monumental <laughs> ass. <laughs> monumental. That's right. A big one. So, so there was this. That was a breakup of the two, but, but not with the ASPR. They, there was a, this wonderful Walter Franklin Prince, who was my father's um, big brother, and he took him in, and he spent a year studying mediums with Prince, showing him how and giving him clues, as well as t- studying courses on the university on philosophy and um, psychology. That they, they wanted to get the training. They weren't giving up. If they yeah. could, if they could find a medium they could work with, well, alas, they could They kept trying to do that that way, and it didn't. It just it didn't find anything um, that was credible that convinced them they found the other kind, or else they a media, you know, some nice mediums, but they didn't didn't get anything significant until they um, they got a manuscript from a man and a professor and a teacher in Detroit. And he had a manuscript of of, of stories of, of events. No, I'm not saying this right. He had gone over to England to famous mediums over there. He would you probably would recognize some of them and gotten readings about his from his he believed from his wife who had died unexpectedly and he was devastated. This was the whole thing for him. He wanted to, somebody to evaluate his data. And the perfect person was uh, William McDougall. William McDougall by that time had left Harvard, uh, where he was when my dad, my dad met him, originally met him there, and didn't think know he'd ever see him again. Here he is at Duke University, and this man, John Thomas, was offering a JB and Louisa enough funds to get them down there and let them study and let them get this manuscript understood better. Uh, and so they did, and they brought him down in their old breaking down a car and not much money, you know, and that's part of their story to them. Uh, so to make it a long story short, they ended up with Professor McDougal, who was very glad to help them in any way he could. They spent a year, uh, JB, uh, spent about a year getting acclimated, teaching, he taught a course on psychic research at Duke University, but mm-hmm. that makes them upset if they hear that now, but... Um, he did it uh, for a course for these students because he himself he, he was learning at the same time. He had read so much. My mother was helping him and typing and doing all those. You know, you, you can carry when you can't carry your se- your secretary and your confidant with you wherever you go. It you, you makes you twice as life twice as easy for you. Uh, so they that's what they were doing in the 1930. And uh, when got a Durham, I'll stop for just a minute. That brought them down here. That's the way they got from Botany. To, a paras- wow. to what's now called parapsychology,
0: to psychic research is what it was then. You know, it's yeah, interesting it's- when you talk about your mother, Louisa, um, because I, I did a, a talk um, about the early days of parapsychology because my, <laughs> my particular area relates to haunted houses. And it's quite oh, well known that JB didn't really consider that that side of psychical research held any value. Whereas um, there there is quite a legacy of um, haunted houses, that sort of phenomena, that your mother was collating and collecting. Um, And, (laughs) and, you know, it's been a fantastic resource, the, the, the work of your mother. And I think she's often overshadowed by J.B.,
2: Oh, I agree. I agree, and he would, and he would agree too. Uh, there was never any. They worked together, really, uh, pretty much. But and she did. She couldn't come to work right away because she was, had four little kids, and they didn't have a salary. Uh, but uh, but as soon as she was able to get up to the lab uh, when my sisters were in high school, uh, she came up there and. You know she wasn't real she wanted to be a researcher too and she mm-hmm. she had done one research around the kitchen table in those days yeah. she <laughs> actually published with the children of the neighborhood over uh, the ESP <laughs> cards <laughs> and okay. I think she got good results but uh when she got there, here was a stack of mail and he, I don't think it wasn't it wasn't j b wasn't interested, but you know you could only do so much, and he was holding on to a job and teaching courses and blah blah blah. And research was the way. Uh, the, to yeah, get, yeah, yeah. Had to get that first. So after that was for 1948, where there was quite a bit of data in the lab by that time. And so she piled. She started reading these cases, and like you, uh, when you first started, or however it was you started, you don't have to read very many to know it. It can't. You know, they're not that many crazy people making up stories and sending them in. If they sound sane and and you know and like somebody else is with them or something well anyway the the evidence it wasn't taken evidentially but it was actually but reality people believed it was and we still have a group that meets regularly just to talk about their experiences so we value that. and she did quite a lot with hers yes
0: I know and, I know uh, it, it's proved to be um, an absolute uh, goldmine of early. Uh, spontaneous case research oh. or or documenting of spontaneous cases.
2: Yes, and the way they were um, document the PR book. I have one of the journals, you know, uh, they mm-hmm. really documented them and they and there was an argument of course between the Brits and the Americans about <laughs> how you should, you should be studying these things and interviewing them and back and forth and back and forth. But that wasn't the way she could manage it.
0: <laughs> there was no.
2: nobody but two people you know uh but she she did follow up with the letters i mean she if the letter was found it real she she responded to the person and had dialogues i used to as a teenager i'd walk into her office and look at the pile that was well
0: i actually looked at the crazy ones to be to to be honest
2: (laughs) they're still
0: still, there that you still do get some
2: You get some, and they're. I could. I shouldn't be laughing, but but you have to laugh at this sometimes. But no, she. The ones that seem serious, and there. I'm a book. I published a book in 2005 of taking many of her cases, and some by that time I had collected about several hundred, and taking the best of them and putting them into a book to help people understand it wasn't you know it wasn't the factual it wasn't trying to prove anything it was trying to reach out to the people that we know have these experiences yeah. and to give them some, some sense that you're not alone you know is I bet, that and, book still available uh sally yeah I, it, was okay. printed, it was printed michael It printed. the gift yeah, by michael uh he he was the writer i'm not very good at writing and mm-hmm. um and he was the writer, and I provided the material and we we um worked worked it together yeah mm-hmm. a lot of her stories i think I always say which one were hers, and I that it matters and hers went back to World War one you know i mean people at that time somebody died and uh, you know and they um they knew it in advance or something, but we had some remarkable i mean she had some in my time and I've heard Stories, stories, stories. Well, I say stories in a factual way. I mean, I'm sure that yeah. most of them are, yeah. And and we we just that's just part of it. And I, really, if we had more staff here, we would. And from time to time, people come in and we try to do qualitative research with these cases because they're, they're gold mines. They could so much could be done with them. They're sitting mm-hmm. around. Not, in, not They're not sitting around. They're being collected and put together and and, and treasured or the mm-hmm. time when more people spend more time with with,
0: with this sort of thing. That's my so. only regret that I'm not in North Carolina. <laughs>
1: but so Sally, what, uh, were the were the children uh, subject to these tests? Or uh, you know, did your mom sit you down and take out the old Zenecards? And
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, they did. That was her fun at home. She could. Uh, it was the zener you know, cards at first, uh, playing with them, and uh, and I couldn't. And then when I was in uh, elementary school, and they would would be testing children, little children at that age, um, maybe nine or ten, up at the lab, uh, they, they had some children's tests, and I could take my friends up there. I could walk up from the school I was going to then, so we did that a lot. A lot of that, um, I don't know that it ever came to a great deal from that. Hello. Yeah, we're
0: still. No, here. You still
2: here? Oh, yeah. In I, in my field.
1: I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you get know, rid of me. It, it sounds like an interesting. Uh, so you have a degree. You're a doctor as well. So what? what's your degree in?
2: I, uh, I went back uh, after I got I worked at the lab for a little while. Uh, I realized well, my dad. My dad knew that you have to if you're going to get anywhere in this field, you need a doctorate. Uh, so I, I did anyway because I. Yeah, you that's know, it's, it's Yeah, and I got a, actually I got accepted at Duke <laughs> University, right over you know in town, which was great because even though there were a lot of skeptics there, probably all of them except maybe one professor. Uh, but um, so I got a degree in experimental psychology at that point. That was to help me work more in the field I assumed that I would stay in the field kind of like they did but you know when I started and I and by that time I had some children of my own uh and by that time it was too hard for me and I was to do it to do both and then I got to gradually begin to realize that I'm interested in in how people uh in 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 the in the psychology part of it, not the experimental part. I'm not, I didn't think I was, I was not nearly as good at an experimenter as my dad. He, if he was testing you, you just knew that you were the most important thing and he could, he could, he didn't, he'd end up put on an act. That's just the way he treated people who were his subjects at first, you know, and then later on, he didn't do any more. Other younger people took over, but he was a very good experimenter. He conveyed, the importance and the intensity, plus he was a nice looking man my girlfriends were all jealous when I got to be of age <laughs> you know you notice people's fathers and how they look uh and he was just charming, and my mother was too but she she couldn't do the research and everything else so she her her work was was with the cases and the experiences after that she didn't do any more research after she began that that was her whole life and his life was. Directing other people to do research, basically.
0: And it's but, always been uh, your 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 mother that's been, for me at least, uh, the bigger mm-hmm. the bigger inspiration because it aligns yeah. with my own um, interest oh. in spontaneous cases. Yeah. And I've, yeah. I've 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 sometimes you know when I'm talking to the parapsychologists, I sometimes you know use mm-hmm. that uh, to poke them. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I know Well, they really could do both. You, and you so, can
1: have a research. You can speaking have of I, spontaneous I, cases, Sally, we've got to take a spontaneous break here <laughs> so you can, <laughs> you can uh, catch your breath and uh, we, we've got to, uh, you know, take a short break and we'll be back. Uh, you're listening so, to ghost Chronicles uh, internationally with Steve Parson and Ron Kolick right here on told radio. And we're all good podcasts. uh played. We are brought to you by Circle Suism, 286 Memorek Street, with Bethune, Massachusetts, the Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Become a member for three bucks a month and get access to a whole bunch of videos and other stuff that's on there that's only available to the members of the Dead Air Society on Ghost Chronicles. So we'll be right back after the following messages.
0: spooky. They all talk ugly The Fair family. The shows are paranormal. Not stuffy, but informal. The topics are abnormal. The Fair family. They're strange. Deranged. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous. As we give awards to the Fair family. welcome back to the second half of the first half of tonight's Two Hour Ghost Chronicles. I don't even want to do the introduction. I want to get straight back to the guest
1: because our guest
0: tonight is Dr. Sally Feather. And if you don't know who she is, shame on you. Mm. (laughs) But I've got a question for you, Sally, if I may. Um, You're still quite active in the field of parapsychology. uh, And you've been there or you've been... um, from the early days what what do you think of the direction that parapsychology has taken because they do seem to be they have altered from uh mediumship testing is quite rarely done these days here in the uk at least um the spr certainly don't do anything like that as an organization um, and it's very rarely done in british parapsychology um departments Mm -hmm. or universities they do seem to be more focused on consciousness um, mm-hmm. so I mean what's your take on this direction that parapsychology's taken and the second part to the question has yeah. parapsychology actually achieved anything Ooh.
2: well, I think just by the fact that the public is is comfortable with uh e s p terms and uh, not all the public but a, a large public i mean there's a lot of uh you just accept a certain a lot of that, but they haven't gotten to what does it mean? Where does mm-hmm. it come from? Is it is it spirit world or or, or both or what? Uh, no, uh, and I'm I'm only active on the periphery. I am I go to the board. I'm on a board, honorary retired on the board, but I keep up and mm-hmm. I know what's going on here now. What's going on in England? That's I think more a center there. I would say that Northampton. Um, there's a lot of things that I I really don't and in other places that I, and I don't keep up with them. I just saw the, the SBR board recently and I realized I knew some some of you, not just you but now but uh but not very many anymore. So it's 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 such a broad field and it's oh because I didn't get technical training, you know, I used to be a, you could be an engineer and that would probably get you a now or a physicist. Uh, but that's how some very broad-minded citizens like Bernard Carr, you uh, know, uh-huh. and like, yeah, and, and there should be that you need them in all fields. But I don't know the answer. I I I want to see more done with the cases going into the qualitative side of that. And now, but the and with reason we don't, we did have have a fir, um, a little flirtation with ghost hunts. When I, I was the director here, when it was about to go under financially, and we and there was nobody else who would take the job, and it didn't pay, so I took it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. I tell you how much. There's, no, there's no, I, no money in ghost hunting.
2: <laughs> I kept it going and called in all hands, and we did some interesting things, and we we tried to get the ghost hunter groups around in the area to coordinate little more, but we didn't get too far, but we did. I had spoken to three or four of the groups there because the the, the, the line between what we've learned in their labs and what they're learning outside the labs, I, I, I think it's it's porous. I think we can go both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we were very interested in, in that uh, EV, EVP, but uh, yeah, there was... Yeah. A, yeah, uh, but I we never I never heard the latest on that and thought that was going to be a breakthrough from what we heard, uh, but I haven't kept up because I, again I don't know if you lived in town you, have you come over and talk? Well, and of course Lloyd Arbach is he covers a lot of uh, of area and and we're, yes. I say we're like a Lloyd Arbach. he's the president of our board mm-hmm. and I say that we're very friendly to the things that he would be friendly to and the other another big area of i've just gotten more aware of other remote viewing people um i just finished a, a book by uh, russell targ reading oh, yeah. and, uh, a little review of that and of course i did paul smith and then um and joe mcmondergal is on our board and we have a, a deep affection for that group uh, that mm-hmm. it's sort of a connection there so you see parapsychology is that would be the application of it uh uh, but they wouldn't be physicists who were remote. Well, actually, here are some of them started out as physicists. But so I, I don't, I don't know the answer to your question. I wish it was broader. When I look at the the, the conferences, some now they're so technical that I couldn't, I can keep up with some, but not much. And I'd have to, <laughs> oh, but I don't simple, know you know, yeah. my God. <laughs> I got. Better hurry.
1: Do you think so, that, that all this TV ghost hunting stuff has is, is really hurt the field?
2: No, I don't think it has,
1: but some people would no. think so. I, okay. I don't think so.
2: Very What's
1: your reasons for that? Uh,
2: well, uh, I, I don't, I'm a skeptic, I'm not a skeptic, I'm a agnostic on the survival question, and that was the basic one that my dad wanted the answers for. I just mm-hmm. don't know. I've had some readings, not personal readings, but uh well, some some mediums have been very good friends of ours all the way from Eileen Garrett, whom I knew, uh, to some modern ones like Laura Lynn Jackson and some other, you know, in this country. Uh, and I know there's some great ones in England. And and I know they're psychic. I mean, it was, yeah. And they're doing a lot, a lot of good, I think, a lot of helping a lot of people who are dealing with grief. And the clinical side of me is really glad that there are sane, stable uh, and, and they're training for mediums too. So that, uh, I know there's a man in, in South America who's doing a lot of work. Um, Alexander, um, anyway, trying to connect research and, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, the survival research with the other. So I, I just think we're like a, we are like a family. But then in family, how how who do you disagree with? Most your brother or your sister? So we have to learn to to work together. And, and at the Ryan Center, we would. We teach courses, and some of them would include some of these topics. But mm-hmm. basically, we like to, to do the research in the laboratory where it can be ideally connected and get published in places where uh, people from other fields will pay attention and basically figure out, what is it? What is it? Is, this? is that coming that with, with animals yep. and then up to man? Or is this some... well? What is ESP? What is psychic ability?
1: But isn't the flaw <laughs> of ghost hunting or spontaneous cases is that we can't have the controls that we do as we as we do in a laboratory?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's. It. You can have some. Well, you can't have the controls. No, you can't. I haven't found a spirit that will work with you.
0: <laughs> a, no, way, some people say.
1: Some people say they
0: have. Well, that's they what have. we've always said. I mean, um, I've I've yeah. always claimed because I'm <laughs> biased. That ghost yeah. hunters are actually the um, more skilled because we have to try and extract data often under uh-huh. you know uh, conditions of extreme chaos. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah.
1: But they often ignore the
0: simple rules of science. Most ghost hunters. Um, mm, yeah, yeah. 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 And I, I think got- that's. I think that's probably where. And I, I, in fact, I'm doing a conference this weekend where. Um, for the last few years, I've been saying to um, the ghost hunting community here in the UK and indeed in the USA that they are in the right place. Uh, they have access to equipment, but uh, yet they're, they're not they're not utilising it to make the challenging uh, discoveries that have come in other areas of, of amateur pursuit in astronomy and archaeology. You know, uh, these yeah. people... They could, if, and I say to them, please just up your game. You know, we uh-huh. don't need we don't need you know cutting edge science. We need high school level science, just uh-huh. do just done properly. But you know, it's a voice in the wilderness. I'm afraid.
2: Yeah, in each in each area of the of the field, there's an attempt to make it more careful and and cautious and do it mm. carefully. Yeah, at the same time, yeah. And, and ours is, will be research laboratory because we have a laboratory. And if we could combine, we've tried to combine remote viewing techniques with um, with laboratory techniques. And I, that's a closer connection. Yeah, that yeah. Can, but I, the ghost hunting, I, I don't know the answer to that. I, I just know I've been on sev- several and once thought something happened. But, it, but you see spontaneous PK is... One of the explanations that people That's right. That's right. you know, yeah. we, when when things began to move over my head uh, and there was nobody around and' was somebody hiding upstairs I thought well that would be the alternative but we were there to get some effects and we did see something but, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. and then the, the language I don't know if the uh if this communication I'd have to this, an DP I have to study that learn more about what's EVP what's going on with that and we, I'd hope that was uh, was going to be a breakthrough
0: for for ghost. It did. It did hold, um, you know, in the mm-hmm. Early uh, a, a lot of promise, and there are still, um, you know, a bunch of people working away but, in their EVP labs. Um, uh, but they're not. Mm-hmm. They're not coordinating uh, like uh-huh. used to happen, yes. and EVP itself has has altered. It's now moved out from the the lab into into the domain of the haunted house with mm-hmm. relatively yeah. no controls. You know, you have bunches of people walking around with recorders yeah. saying, you know, if you can hear oh, my voice, can you talk to me? And then making all sorts of assumptions based upon what they're hearing. So I maybe, see. I see. Oh, and every means. field Go ahead.
2: more technology and more training to your people, young people who, who somehow going to get funding and then they can get this degree and knowledge mm-hmm. that, that changing
0: all the time and knowledge, yeah. yeah. I've, I've well, just, just finished um, proposing my talk for the SPR conference this year, and it's called The Importance of Training for Spontaneous Case Investigators. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe gross. the parapsychologists
1: are, are on the right track in studying consciousness rather than uh, you know, I mean, because if when you think yeah. about it, uh, you know, EVP, which is the creation of a voice on a recorder, or an object mm-hmm. moving, or uh, you know, anything like that could be. Is is it possible that we are creating our own realities uh, with our consciousness?
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: that could be. I I think you're absolutely
2: right. The, the answer to to what is consciousness and why does ESP work, and then if it if it, if that's established, then how is established the fact that it. Crosses over the whether one is living or not. That's the that's the big question. That's what got my dad so excited. You know that that would be the answer to religion. That would bring religion who ought to be paying attention to what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh religion, religion really ought to? It's really their domain on uh, some part. Uh, but, um, yeah, but yeah, but
1: religion's religion's not a belief, not a science. So it's 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 belief it be. without proof. Belief, belief without proof. So. It's not that that's they should what, be paying attention i, I think that maybe the people who participated might, but the 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 religion yeah. itself is based on beliefs, so I don't course. think that would really be important no, it,
2: it really wouldn't no they could bring their 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 unusual experiences and we you know the list of them are many um, that's where the first spontaneous p k things would have happened and whatever but they're not happening today and uh, uh, uh no,
0: so that's no. also, i i i important. i think um you know there has been a downturn, and I have been quite vocal blaming the the television programs because they have they've presented oh, wow. a dumbed down version of the the research oh, that, and the investigation that's being done. Uh, you
1: Absolutely. know they've taken
0: it into you know an entertaining format and yeah. really dumbed it down.
2: Really, it's terrible, and then it makes it yeah, it makes the real thing seem like insignificant where it's not, it should yeah. be the other way. I agree with That's you completely. Right. Yeah, well i it's just interesting that you're doing this. And I know my uh, colleague John Cruz spoke highly of you. I, he he either knows you directly or indirectly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I yeah, and yeah. of course I think you know you, you know my my colleague and co author, Cal Cooper, Doctor Cooper. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, Cal. Oh absolutely, yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Sorry, off, I think a student maybe. The Rock the Rockstar parapsychologist. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's right, yeah.
1: But uh, Steve, isn't Anne doing uh, somewhat on uh, EVP? She just got her degree in in that. No, PA,
0: her? her doctorate is in looking at um, the uh, at, at EVP uh, yes. with a, with whether you know whether you. Um, oh, I can't remember the title off the top of my head, but it, essentially it looks at uh, the individual belief of it of the person and how they interpret the EVP. Um, Recording oh,
1: EBP interpretation. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Whereas my budding PhD, which is three quarters complete, is looking at the uh, the, the technical approaches and how we can extract data from the environment um, in measuring the temperature, measuring the humidity, looking at other environmental variables that that take yeah. place, which are important, you know, important factors because. Yeah. It may not, and it often isn't the case that the phenomena that's reported is is even paranormal. You know, the, the, uh-huh. as a psychologist, you would understand that you know we are completely fallible and often tricked by the environment yeah. that surrounds us.
2: Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there are many, so many mysteries in in uh, in this world, and uh, universe, I yeah. Rupert Sheldrake is a I, I admire his work mm-hmm. and his theorizing, and you know, and from the very beginning, and animals and and the things that they're doing or can do. Uh, we don't. Yeah. know. If, if you look into that, you find the same kind of miracles, probably, but we just don't get that close to them.
0: Huh? Well, we know you know, that. we we have a we have a shell cat here. Um, it knows <laughs> when a, it knows when you know people are coming and going and waits yeah. by the door and. Great.
1: He it certainly
0: knows what a thats for sure. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. You know, when when something happens, and like my wife will return home unexpectedly early, but the cat seems to know. It <laughs> knows.
2: Okay, what is it? Yeah, I know. We well, I collected. That was one of the first jobs that I had. When I know that my dad had hoped that the animal side was going to be the breakthrough. So we did. We just looked at everything in 1950 50 there was uh, we could find that might suggest that. And now the data has changed a lot, but they still don't. I don't think they really do understand how the birds get across the world to
1: places they have didn't Sally, don't know. Didn't, didn't, your, didn't your father uh, investigate uh, the psychic horse that actually had a machine that could type out answers and stuff?
2: Yes, he did. Absolutely. What a good memory you've got. Yeah, on the way down here, while he was still studying mediums, he saw this notice of a psychic horse and they couldn't pass it up and went in to uh, look at it. And uh, they went back several times with, with Dr. McDougall. And uh, at first, at first, they they really they were puzzled. They, there was no way to explain why the horse could if they took the owner or the owner out of the picture and kept her away, and then the, the person who knew the answer to... The horse would, would point with her nose to the, the alphabet that was in front of her, Lady the Horse, and she would spell out the words if you asked her a question. And it really did seem, in their first reports in... Uh, could have been the... I don't know what journal or ASPR it was, maybe. It, made, it really looked like the real thing, but then Lady... Um, they couldn't get back up there and see her. It was a distance between here and there where she was. And by the time they got back up there, she was responding to everything that the owner knew, but the owner had to be in the room with her. And she was getting very obvious clues. Mm -hmm. She's very good at getting clues. I guess any animal really is, you know, you try to get out of the house without your dog knowing it, that you're going, Uh, but, but she, uh, but I, I think JB and, uh, and my mother—they—they they did that together with McDougal. They really thought they had something, but it, it panned out before they yeah. could get any more. Yeah, the, the it's,
1: it could have been they really did have something, but mm-hmm. the owner—I mean, because she used to charge for this—the owner, right. uh, yeah, the owner wanted to make sure that she had answers so that she might have worked. You know, actually train yeah. the cop, uh, uh, work with it. So the cop, the yeah, the cop, the horse probably could have started out with the ability and still had it, but but it was it had yeah. shifted it into more of an act.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the same thing happens with humans. Not that they start to become, but they get tired of it, or something else comes up, and they lose the ability. They're really good at first. Um now people that are mediums and genuine mediums may have uh you know they, that's a little different that's a little different thing than trying to guess the things with which you can have, which you can immediately uh check up on uh, but I, I think there is something that animals and they were from were well, some famous they did their history work there was some famous Russian horse and uh, there was some history behind this not just these stories but did it, JB it reminds
0: that? me it reminds me of an anecdote um I was at an SPR conference, it must be 10 years ago, and uh, one of the psychologists was decrying Harry Price um, oh. who, and suggesting that, you know, the man was a fool because he went yeah. he went to the Isle of Man to, to look at a mongoose. And I said, but didn't J.B. Ryan go and investigate a horse? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. It was a touche. Touche. <laughs> I
2: you, you know, I took him down,
1: oh, boy? <laughs> Sally, yeah. I thought it was funny. I mean, every time you mentioned McDougal's name, uh, you know, uh, in regards to the animals, especially, I, I you know, I think of uh, McDougal up here in Havel, of course, who that gave us twenty-three grams, and uh, he also, uh, you know, you're you're aware with that, I'm sure, right? Mm, no. Uh- I'm Mid- not With as a haberal physician, he, he was studying uh the human soul and uh he had these specially beds devised for dying patients and uh they had a weight scale on them and uh oh. so when at the moment of the death he he Oops. discovered that they gave up 23 grand, so they figured this the soul must weigh that but he also mm-hmm. euthanized several dogs and he found that they lost no weight. So he came up with oh. the idea that dogs had no soul. So every time you say <laughs> McDougal, I think of this this guy from Hamill who did yeah, quite a I, bit do,
2: I do remember that. We actually were, um, uh, John Cruz had hoped to get, not to duplicate tick experiment, <laughs> the way it was done, but he had actually hoped to get, <laughs> <laughs> to get one of the uh, machines because you might be able to, to measure a person's experiences. It might have some, I forget just what, what it was now, but these, the machines are very hard to get. very expensive. <laughs> Nobody wants to kill an animal anymore. Right.
1: Exactly. Yeah, which is, you know, he couldn't do today. But, well, I guess he couldn't. No. Yeah. Well, depending on what state you're in, I think. <laughs>
2: yeah. But, so that was what Washington said, but okay, it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh it's uh it's you know, it's an intriguing field wherein I mean, you have somebody like uh Dr. Moody who's studying, you know, the cyclobantium chambers trying to oh. go go in a different direction, sort of like uh, Dr. Cal's doing. Um yeah. only studied in a tub of water, he he did it in a candlelit room. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> we played around, several people have played around with that cyclomania. We did for a while, but it, it was, it, it didn't, we couldn't get some. many people, they tried that out in California too, but the mm-hmm. trouble is you have to work so hard and you have to have good research and you, you know, and you have to have a, an observer usually or a reliable helper. And mm-hmm. it, it, the funding is the biggest thing. We've got some research ready to go now. John Kruth is, is trying to do a lot more here. He does. He does a lot with energy fields and trying to figure out what they mean. And, but we have a ways to go. But we're, we're doing right, that, well here.
0: It is funding. It is a funding issue. Always oh, right. yeah. a financial funding issue. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. I, I, I didn't know about all the, the groups that you were doing. I guess how, how would I? I'm not psyche. <laughs> Up in Wales, <laughs> over the country over there. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: well, I mean, uh,
0: I'm not I'm not originally Welsh. I'm English, but, you know, I live. Well, I was asking you about I, I, your acts. Yeah, I well, I—I I mean, I can do it well. I mean, I've lived in Wales. We can
1: West understand truly. you, so we knew you were Welsh.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, well, nice part of the country to be in. I've not seen that part of Britain. It's—it's
0: um, it's very remote from the uh, the main mm. civilization centres, which is one of my big bugbears at the moment because yeah. everything is so far away from where I am. And, yeah. Uh, you know nowadays I, I since since the pandemic um uh-huh. you know this idea of doing stuff via zoom has been a big help it means i don't have oh, to heck. travel 4 hours to do anything at all um so i'm grateful for that but i do miss the i, I do miss the the face to face contact um yeah, yeah. of conferences Yeah, meeting you know and exchanging ideas the networking um, but like you, I, I look down the list of some of the presentations and I mm-hmm. I can't get any. I, the title alone is enough to um, I don't know what you're talking about, I'm afraid. <laughs> no,
2: there yeah, are some extremely
0: God. clever people who are presenting way cleverer than me, but they, they're so clever that the, even the title of their presentation is impenetrable.
2: And they are when they get a little older, they realize you're going to have to get. This is what what JB uh, what what he, he realized. If you're going to get anywhere, you've got to get a fund, a found somebody to fund you, and you've got mm-hmm. to speak that so they understand and put it in their terms. Now, if he could have studied, said it, it was all survival, he'd have been. We'd have had a huge establishment here, but he actually couldn't do that. He had to turn that money over to uh, uh, to Bill Rolls, uh, who good study Poltergeist and things like that, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. So get the combination together. But I, I just wish there were more people work, working around here with us. So find a, find a years uh, who will support you to come here for
1: a year and. <laughs> oh. we- <laughs> there you go, Steve.
0: It, it, it's been a dream of mine for for, for the longest time to come mm-hmm. over and spend time there, but yeah. it's 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 a dream. Um, but I was oh, going to wow. come back to funding because uh, Bigelow, um, Robert Bigelow, yeah. Bigelow Aerospace, he's been throwing a lot of money at questions of survival right. in oh, recent right. years. I know he started to fund us years, but we couldn't promise him that,
2: so we lost him for for. And he he was very he's a nice man. He called and told me uh, I'm pulling out. I can't. Uh, I, you know his money had to go to survival. That's what
1: that's what uh, I had well, I mean, it had to. So Sorry. unfortunately, speaking about funding, we have to end the show because oh you know, yeah. You yeah,
2: You got your would so,
0: have to pay.
1: Sally, I, I pay. want to thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really been a pleasure. It's been fun it talking been an to absolute you. Absolute
0: pleasure. I want I, before we go. I want to find out what a verdict is. Um, on have, being interviewed by uh, oh, whether the two, we, two whether we are whether we are more <laughs> similar or more dissimilar. The, the Statler and Waldorf of the uh, paranormal is that what you're saying?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a hard time distinguishing you, uh, so that
2: God, I'm, I'm please not
0: don't welcome. say I sound like Ron. Uh, <laughs>
2: no, you I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't sound like an American. <laughs> You can safely
0: be called a Brit. Well, oh, thank you. <laughs> and I, I, so, I shall happily take that compliment. Yes,
2: well, I. I, I
1: we, we really okay. do have to go. Thank you so much for joining us. It's really been a pleasure. We'd love to have you on again sometime, you know, after you catch your breath. <laughs> okay, well, if I ever learn anything important, I'll be glad to go on again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was fun. It really was. It was quite enjoyable. Both, and both I thank you. Very, very enjoyable. Much. Okay. So, anyway, we do have to go. <laughs> You have been listening to Ghost Chronicles International. With Steve Parsons and Ron Kolak, right here on Toji Net Radio, and we're all good podcasts. Uh, nice. And stay tuned for Ghost. Yeah, <laughs> go that. Ghost Chronicles. Don't worry, the Ghost Chronicles Next Generation will resurrect them, and we'll be right back uh, with Ghost Chronicles Generation Next Generation. Good night. God bless.